You think being meek is weak, huh? Try being meek for a week. Ain't that right, Shaq?
second matter. Give me a second. I bring you from Cain to the second Adam. For the pain, boy, I'm up and at him. For the pain, boy, I'm up to bat it. Patient for the win, cause we win slow with these family matters. I, I, I'm so convinced that you won't find no bold amendment. Those of them that's going in for holiness, God goes with them. But we know about going harder. Walk with me through these mothers and fathers. Definitely father for the father, boy. Don't get me started. But God says, I have a word for my people. And I'm like, all right, God, we can, we can push it, right? But he said, tonight, I have a word for my people. And the thing is, I love God so much, I would do anything he asked me to do on my birthday. Amen. So we're going to give God glory. And we just want to say thank you for tuning in for another episode of Into the Deep. It is my birthday. I'm excited. But let's get into what God has for us tonight. Amen. If you haven't been watching our episodes lately, let me give you a little recap. This is our second season. Amen. And in our second season, we are, God has been speaking to us. It is our season now. It is our, we, are in, we are in line for what God has for us. We are, we're, it's not next. It's not coming up. We are in a place where what God has for us. And we're moving in our next right now. Amen. And we've been talking about how we move into our next. We've been talking about leadership. We've been talking that about for those who have watched, we are created to lead. But God has created in us to be leaders. Amen. And as he created us to be leaders, there are some things that we must do. There are some things we must say. There are things we must give up. And tonight, God has said, God told me to let you know 
that tonight is no different. We're going to be talking about the attitude of a leader. Amen. Amen. So if you can turn with me to 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. This, this is this is just going to open it up, but this is not where we're going to come from. Just going to let you know a little something. So 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Many people know it, but I'm going to read it from the NIV version. So listen and hear what God is saying. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Amen. Today, God wants us to, God is talking to us about our attitudes. I heard, I heard someone once say before that attitude determines our aptitude. Attitude determines on how, on how high we go in Christ. And as we learn, when God elevates us, that means we're going lower. Amen. As God elevates you, you are going lower, not higher. God is elevating you lower. It may not sound, may not, it may not be making sense to the natural, but I need you to tap into the spirit and understand that when God elevates you, he's not taking you higher. He's taking you lower. He's taking you to a new dimension. Amen. When God elevates you, he's not taking you higher. He's taking you lower to a new dimension. So, it, so here we are. God wants to talk about our attitude. And if you don't know, we, we, I love to talk about David. I love to talk about David. I love to talk about how he was anointed to be king, and yet he didn't go on to be king. So we, but before I get into that story, real talk, I want to go to 1 Samuel chapter 17. First Samuel chapter 17. Now, chapter 15 talks about how why David had why David was anointed. Chapter 16 talks about David being anointed. And now we're now we're moving into chapter 17, where we're, we're talking about that we, we're talking about a familiar story, David and Goliath. So chapter 17, verse 12. Now David was the son of the Ephronite named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons, and in Saul's time, he was very old. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to, to the war. The firstborn was Iliad, the second was Abinadad, and the third was Shemai. David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to tend to his father's sheep at Bethlehem. Verse 16, for 40 days the Philistines came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Now Jesse said to his son David, take this bread, a roasted grains, and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers, and hurry to their camp. Take along these ten cheese to the commander of that unit. See how your brothers are, and bring back such assurance from them. They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah, fighting against the Philistines. Amen. So, so today we're talking about the attitude of a leader. We're going to talk about the attitude of a leader. Amen. I love talking about David because I understand the attitude of a leader and I and as I read Psalms and 
1 Samuel, I see that David had an attitude of a leader. He had an attitude towards God that God appreciated. If you don't believe me, go back and read scripture where, you, where God says, David has my heart. Paraphrasing, not, that's not what he says, by the way. You see, David had an attitude towards God that God loved. Because if you, if you go and read about David, you see that David did all these horrible things in his life. But yet God still was with him. It was because his attitude of a leader, as a leader. Now, as I read 1 Samuel chapter 17, 12 through 20, I, I, I seen some things that happened. And one of the things that stuck out was that for 40 days, they were going before the Philistines battle for 40 days. And after the 40 days, Jesse sent his son David to bring his brothers some food. And, and when I think about 40 days, I think about how Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. I think about how Jesus walked the earth after his resurrection and before his ascension with his disciples. I think about how God made it rain for 40 days and 40 nights with Noah on the ark. I, I think about, I'm more natural now, I think about how doctors say that it's, that for a perfect pregnancy it's 40 weeks. And so I'm like, okay, what, what, what is God doing with these 40 days? What is God doing with this number 40? Now, many theologians say that 40 is a change. That, that means a change is coming. Now, now I know some people heard that and they shouted because they said, oh, there's a change that is about to come to the Israelites. There's a change that is about to come after 40 days. But what God told me and what God revealed to me was that 40 is the preparation of a fundamental change in a person or people's life. It's not just a change. It's the preparation of a change. God, you, you see, you may not have shot because you don't understand what that means. What it means is that when God takes you through something for 40 days, that means he's preparing you for a change. Come on. You see, uh, as I also, also think about um, the very first time I came to Church of Promise Love Ministries, the very first thing I really dove into, the very first thing I was a participant in was a 21-day fast was turned to a 40-day fast. And, and this 40-day fast, which was originally 21. This 40-day fast, prayer and fasting, in the natural, I didn't really understand it. I just, okay, I'm just going down praying, I'm fasting. But what God was doing was he was preparing me for a change. You see, I was going through a preparation season. You see, this 40 days was a preparation season for me. God was taking out some things that I didn't need in me. God was removing some things. God was putting some things in me. Because during this 40 days, I was working at McDonald's. And McDonald's was like my second job. It was the military, then McDonald's. So the, what, what God revealed to me as I was studying this was that McDonald's was a preparation for me. I, I, I gained experience there. God was preparing me for what he has for me now. But, but also, with, with Church of Promise, we went through this 40-day fast because God was preparing in me 
to be a father. God was preparing in me to be a pastor. God was preparing in me. So here in our text, we're talking about David's attitude. And the thing about this is, I like how God got clever with me. You see, God gave me something clever because he said, okay, now take the word attitude and I'm about to give you some words. Attitude. A. Assignment. T. Truth and training. I'm sorry. T. Timing and tempo. That's it. So it's assignment, timing, tempo, isolation, truth and training, Understanding, devotion, and expectation. Attitude. So, in, in order to have an attitude of a leader, we have to have an assignment. We have to have an assignment. Here's the very thing. Everybody loves to have an assignment. Everybody wants an assignment in God. Everybody wants an assignment in the church. But here's what God revealed to me with David. You see, David had three assignments. He had an appointed assignment. He had an anointed assignment. And he had an approved assignment. Okay, come on now. Y'all ain't hear me. God had an appointed assignment, an anointed assignment, an approved assignment. Come on. You see, David was appointed to be the shepherd of his father's sheep. So at the time, even in our text in chapter 16, in chapter 16, chapter 17, we see that David's appointed assignment was to be a shepherd. And then in chapter 16, we see that Samuel goes in and anoints David to be king. Now we see his anointed assignment. He's anointed to be king. And also in chapter 16, we see that David is also approved to be a musician for Saul. He's approved to be an armor bearer unto Saul. You see, you have an appointed, anointed, and approved assignment. And these three assignments come with timing. You see, once David was anointed, it wasn't his timing to go be king. He, he wasn't approved to be king just yet. So, to have the attitude of a leader like David in our text, you have to understand your assignment. What assignment are you appointed to? When you first become a Christian, your assignment is to, to grow in Christ. You, you see, so many people say, okay, I, I received salvation. And then some leaders prophesy to you and say, oh, I see that you're called to prophesy. I see that you're called to be a prophet. And then so many people jump around and go into their anointed assignment and just bypass their appointment. They bypass their appointment. You see, our appointed assignment is to grow in Christ first. So Christ appoints us to study to show ourselves approved. Even though he, so, so many people go, I, I'm called in my mama's womb to be a pastor. I'm called in my mama's womb to, to be a prophet. I'm called. God, 
God anointed me to preach. God anointed me to dance. God anointed me to be an evangelist. God anointed me to lead. But first, God appointed you to grow. God appointed you to study, to show ourselves the proof. Because in our text, David is fighting Goliath. If you read further down in chapter 17, David is going to fight Goliath. And, and if you read further around 26, 26, you see that David is talking to King Saul about fighting Goliath. I'm sorry, verse 32. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man. You have been a, he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. You see, David has been keeping to his appointed assignment. And when a lion or a bear came and carried a sheep up from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from his mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by his hair, stuck it, and killed it. You see, when, when you don't understand your assignments, when you don't understand your appointed, anointed, and approved assignments, you, 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 you misinterpret the timing. Just because it comes to fruition, because it comes in front of you, it doesn't always mean it's the timing of God. <laughs> you see, that's also the other thing, the tempo. Ha! You see, so many many people probably think timing and tempo is the same thing. But what God told me was that to tell his people that timing and tempo isn't the same thing. Timing is when to do it. Tempo is how to do it. Ah, you see, when, when we jump ahead of God's timing, we lose the tempo of our destiny. You see, God set us up. God gave us an appointed, an anointed, and approved assignment to keep us on track to our destiny. But, but when we jump ahead of timing, we lose the tempo. And when we lose the tempo, we get out of step with God. And when we get out of step with God, we start to lose our protection that he has in us. You see, an appointed, an anointed and an approved assignment isn't just for our purpose, it's also for our protection. You see, if David would have become king after he was anointed, if you go back and read what Eliab said to David when David was talking about the giant, verse 28, when Eliab, David, the older brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burnt with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those three sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are. I know how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. You see, if David would have become king after he was anointed, he would have never endured the lion and the bear. He would have never been able to humble himself enough to become king. He would have never been able to stand against what people said against him. You see, God says, I have an approved, an appointed, and anointed assignment for you in order to protect you. 
You see, I'm protecting you from the words of the world. I'm protecting you from what the world will see on you. You see, I, I, I set up a appointed assignment so I can protect you, so I can clean you up, so the world won't see how angry you get at little things, so that so the world won't be able to trigger you for, from your offenses. I'm, I come to give you an appointed assignment in order to protect you. Not only to protect you, but to keep you in tempo. You see, the way David is speaking about this giant talking down on his God, he's talking with confidence. You, you see, David said, I know what I can do because I'm, I'm not going in it by myself. You see, this appointed, anointed, and approved assignment is to show you that God is yet with you. You see, even when he was a shepherd boy, he knew that God was with him. He knew that God was yet protecting him. He knew that God was yet providing for him. He knew that God was his provision. He knew that in God he had a purpose. And he knew that if he stay in step with God, God was going to show him the victory. You see, David had the confidence, not because of pride, because he knew that if he stays in step with God, he will have the victory. So, so you have an assignment, an approved, an appointed, and anointed assignment. It's about the timing, it's about the tempo, and it's about the isolation. Come on. It's about isolation. Now, here's the thing. You, you don't isolate yourself by yourself. You isolate yourself with God. <laughs> you, you see, after, the, after Saul gave uh, I, I, I skipped some. I'm sorry. You, you see, let's go back a little bit. You see, after David started talking with Saul, once David said, you know what, I've been appointed to be God's shepherd boy over the sheep. And as, as, as I took up my appointed assignment, uh, as I took it up, I, I, I went through a lion, I went through a bear, and once they tried to take my sheep, uh, I got them back. Now, and when they turned on against me, <laughs> I, I took it by the hair and I killed it. I, this giant is no different because the God I serve, the God that I believe in, the God that I trust, I, the God that I know who's with me, he's going to sustain me. He's going to protect me to kill this giant. <laughs> Once he got done talking with Saul, You see, Saul gave him permission. Saul said, I approve of you being of, of you going to kill this giant. You see, now, now that we see that he was appointed a shepherd boy, he's anointed to be king. And now he's approved to be a warrior. You see, he, he couldn't go against Goliath just yet. Because yes, he's appointed to be a shepherd boy by God. Yes, he's anointed to be king, but yet he still had to get approval to kill the giant. You see, many people say, oh, why? Why did he have to get approval to kill the giant? Oh, he, the giant is going to going up against his people. What why would you have to get approval for? You see, it's all about it's all about order. Ha, it's about order. It's about, yes, you're called to be a servant. You're called to be a leader. You're anointed to be a pastor. But the thing is, if you don't subject to order, if you don't object to, to authority, you're going to have a hard time being a leader. 
Because here's the thing I, I, I learned and I, I see as a, being a parent, I see as being a leader, the very thing that I often did as a follower, the very thing I often did as a son, I, I see in those that follow me, I see in my daughter. But God says, as you follow me, honor me. But also honor your father. Honor the king. Even though he's not anointed to be king, honor the authority in the land. So David goes to Saul and says, I'm ready. Yeah. And here's the thing. Even though it, it, Saul don't believe this should be, this is right. But because the confidence he has in God, the, the trust he has in God, this is what Saul did. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Uh, Saul said, go and the Lord be with you. He had to get a fool first. Because the thing is, if you didn't notice, that he was only there to bring his brothers and the commanders food. Ah, you see, he was approved only to serve. He was approved only to serve the food. He was approved only to bring his brothers and the commanders food. If he would have went and fought Goliath, he would have went in the form of a servant. He would have went in the form of a servant. You see, and a servant doesn't fight battles. A servant serves. So he had to get approved for his next assignment. So many of us say, okay, I'm, I've been I've been here, I've been a member of this church for six months now, right? Okay, I've been here for six months. I, I, I believe now it's time to move on to the next level. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's time. And I, I think it's time for me now to, to start singing with the praise team. I think it's now time for me to start playing drums. I think it's now time for me to start preaching. It's time for me to start dancing. And when, here's what you do. The next Sunday, you say nothing. You just get up there and start singing. And, and what happens is that starts to get be chaos because one in the natural you have no clue what the songs they're singing. You don't know what key they're singing in. You don't know what version of the song they're singing. But in the spirit, you're going against what God. You're going against the order of God. You're going against the authority God has placed. All because you want to get to your next assignment so fast. We, we, we want to get out of the time. We want to get out of the tempo. We, 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 we say, when my next assignment is now, but, but it's not in step with God, it's confusing. Stop. Follow authority. Honor the authority. You see, in the house, in the churches, in the ministries, the authority is the pastor. And, and so many people believe that, okay, once I become a member of a church, they don't have no control over me. They don't have no say over me. I'm my own person. I do what I want to do. I, I can sing whatever song I want to sing. I can dance whatever dance I want to dance. I can go wherever I want to go. I can do whatever I want to do. But I want to let you know this right now. If you submit to the house authority, if you submit to that pastor, and, and you have this mindset, and you go where you want to go. You do what you want to do. 
I want to let you know you're going out of the yard of God. Yes, that pastor's praying for you, that pastor's covering you, but here's the thing I want to let you know. When that pastor knows where you're going, it's a, it's a lot easier to pray for you. If, when that pastor knows what you're doing, it's a lot easier to pray for you. There's a lot of pastors who walk in the prophetic and they can pray for you without talking to you. But here's the thing. <laughs> it's a lot easier to know if you tell them. For example, I am one of the pastors at Church of Promise Global Ministries. And if I get an assignment to go preach somewhere else. Matter of fact, I did get an assignment uh, about two years ago. Uh, they didn't talk with Pastor May. They told me they had an assignment for me. I said, okay, this is what I need to do. I need to pray about it and talk to my pastor. And you see, when, when I prayed about it, God said, this is what needs to be done. I told Pastor Mary what's going on. And she says, okay, go forth, go. Because if I did not follow the authority, if I did not honor Pastor Mary as my pastor, if I did not honor the authority that God given that God has given her, you know what would have happened? I would have went to that assignment and would have messed up all God had to do. I, I would have not have spoken what God had me to speak. I would have, matter of fact, let me let you know. <laughs> when they said I had an assignment, I had I had what I was gonna say. I'm like, okay, good. But the day but the week before that event, God said, switch it up. I need you to talk about this. I need you to let them know this. Because when you, when you don't subject to the authority that God has given you, you move out of the protection God has for you. It, it, it's like having an umbrella, but not using it in the rain. You have the umbrella open, but you have it off to the side, and you're still getting wet. You, you know it's there to protect you from the rain, but yet you're not using it. it, it <sighs> David got approval to go and fight the light. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. Here's the thing, verse 39. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because it was he was not used to them. You, you see, this is, this is the reason why God gave David an appointed assignment was because David knew what he needed to go to battle. But since this is a new assignment, David said, okay, I might need some new armor. But, but here's the thing. So David put it on. David walked around and he said, no, this is not me. This is my assignment, but I don't need that weapon. I don't need your armor. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, but I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chosen five smooth stones from the stream, put them in his pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. You see, he went with the weapons he knew how to use. He went with the weapons he knew that God has given him. You see, so many of us try to use weapons the enemy has for, the enemy gives us, one. Many of us try to use weapons other people give us. But God says, if I have given you an assignment, I have given you the tools and the talents you need to use it. <laughs> so, so he got his staff, he got his shepherd's bag, he got five smooth stones, and he got a slingshot. Mm. 
You see, he says, I know. I know what God's giving me. I know what God's bringing me. I know that with these tools God's giving me, I have the victory. That brings us to number, that brings us to the next T. Truth. You see, the truth, not our truth. Our truth is that I'm, I was a shepherd boy. I'm anointed to be king. I can do this. But the truth is that God is with me. I don't need, I don't wrestle with flesh and blood. I don't wrestle with, I don't wrestle against man. I don't wrestle against people. I wrestle against in the spirit. And with in the spirit, I don't need this helmet. I don't need this armor. I don't need this tunic. All I need is what God has for me. The truth is that God has prepared me. God has brought me through a preparation time. God has prepared me. God is protecting me. And God is with me. So, so we have an assignment. An appointed, anointed, and approved assignment. And it takes time and tempo to know when to move. And what timing is to know when to move. Tempo is to know how to move. You see, if you don't have the tempo, you just going to move any which way the enemy tells you to move, someone else on line tells you to move, But then you have to isolate yourself with God. You see, we, we, we say, okay, I'll go to church on Sunday. That's good enough, right? I, I go to church on Sunday. I, I, I sit in the presence of God on Sunday. That's my isolation time, right? You see, here's the thing I want to let people know about Sunday service and midday service. You see, these two services isn't isolation time. This isn't the time where we get intimate with God. This is the time we gather with other believers. We fellowship. You see, we go to church on Sunday, not online. We go to church in person on Sunday. We go to midday service on midday service, not online. We go to gather with other believers. You see, many people say, oh, this needs to be in the church house. But I want to let you know, it don't need to be in the church building. You can meet at the river, fellowship with each other. Because in this Bible, in Scripture, it says, when two or three are gathered in my name, when two or three are gathered in the name of Jesus, he will be in the midst. When you are gathered with other believers, knowing that God brought you together and you fellowship on his name, you worship his name, you give him glory, you give him praise, he is in the midst. And that's what, when he's in the midst, his glory will show up. And when his glory shows up, you will leave the same. That, that doesn't mean that it has to be in the four walls of a church building. It can be at the river, it can be at the mall, it can be wherever God demands. It can be wherever God has appointed. But then there's isolation. That's where it's just you and God. You're talking with God. Not just where, oh God, help me with this bill. Oh God, please, I need a new car. I need a new house. God, I want a new job. I need a new job. God, I'm tired of this old job. I need a new job. I need this guy. I need that guy. Oh God, help me with this rent, God. God, I need help with this. That's not, that's not what isolation is all about. It's where you just get in his presence. With, just get one-on-one -on -one with God. You talk with God. God, I know how great you are in my life. I know what the situation is I'm going through now, but God, but forget that right now. I just want to get close with you. I just want to get closer with you, God. I just want to feel your presence around me. I just want to say, God, I love you. I, God, I thank you. God, I'm grateful to be here today. And here's the thing. I'm grateful to be here for 32 years, God. You get isolated with God. You get intimate with God. 
And he will show you some things. <laughs> you know that situation that you're going through, but you're still getting isolated with God despite it? He will show you some things about that situation. He will let you know that, hey, yes, you're going through that, but guess what I'm about to bring you out? Yes, you're going through that only because I want you to help some other people come out. And then we have to know the truth. You see here in 2023, there, there, there's so many people who have a truth. There's so many people who believe a truth over the truth. You see, the truth is that God is the creator, that God created the heavens and the earth, that God created the sun and the moon, that God created us to have dominion, be fruitful and multiply, that God created us, that God is bringing us to a new place. That's the truth. And then we must understand the truth as well. You see, when you isolate yourself, you have the truth, but you have to understand the truth. Understand the truth. You see, what I mean by understanding, you can read your Bible, but understand the truth. That means you got to get with God and allow him to deposit some things in you. But it takes devotion. You see, and here's the thing, I have a hard time with this sometimes. And before I had a real hard time where you sometimes you have to be so devoted to God that you, you, you turn off the TV, you turn off the streaming networks, and you just say, God, I want to get to know you more. God, I want to understand my assignment better. I know you called me to be a pastor. I know you anointed me to be a pastor, but at this moment you appointed me to be a leader and you approved me to be a leader in this house. God, I want to understand more of where you have me. I want to understand more, God. I, I, I put away the phone. I'm devoted to you. I'm fasting and I'm praying. See, what, what people don't understand that fasting and praying that, that okay, that may, okay, we talk with God and we, we give up food. But, but what it really is, is you devote yourself to God. You say, okay, God, I'm devoting, you. I'm devoting myself to you, to you more than I am to food. I'm devoting myself to you more than I am to my phone, to my job. I'm devoting myself to you more than I am to the technology. I'm devoting myself to understand the truth that you have for me so I can get in tempo with your step so I can know the timing when to move so I can understand my assignment better. And now I have an expectation of victory. I have an expectation of victory. You see, David was devoted in his assignment. You see, David was devoted in his assignment, and David was devoted to God. You see, no matter what Goliath said to him, no matter what Goliath, how big Goliath was, for those who don't know, Goliath was nine foot tall, and David was about my height, five foot something, right? So, so despite, the, despite how it looked, God, David was devoted to God. Despite what Goliath said, David was devoted to God, and he expected the victory. David expected the victory despite what was going on. David expected the victory despite how everyone else was acting. 
David expected the victory despite what was going on. David expected because of his devotion, because he understood the truth, because he isolated himself with God, because he was in tempo with God, and he knew the timing was now, and he understood his assignment. You see, David had an attitude of a leader. Today, God wants you to know that in order to be a leader, we have to have the right attitude. Because attitude determines our attitude. Because if we don't have the right attitude, we can't move forward in Christ. When we don't, if we don't have the right attitude, God cannot elevate us. Take us lower into a new dimension. You see, when we don't have the right attitude, we can't we can't accept the right assignment at the right time and on the right tempo. Tonight, God wants you to know that we have to have the right attitude. Tonight, God wants you to know what the right attitude is. Understand your assignment. Your appointed assignment, your anointed assignment, and your approved assignment. So I want to thank everyone for watching with me tonight on my 32nd birthday. I want to thank y'all for watching and staying connected with this episode. And, and I hope each and every one of you understood what God wanted you to understand tonight. And I just want to say, as you move forward, continue having the right attitude despite the situation. Continue having the right attitude of a leader. Father God, I just thank you, Father God, for each and every individual watching tonight, Father God. That's Father God, that's they're watching, Father God, that they're watching, Father God, and they're understanding just where they are, Father God. That they're understanding their assignment, Father God. That they're understanding the timing in your temper. That they're understanding that isolation isn't, that isolation is to get intimate with you. That, Father God, they're not devoted to hatred, but they're devoted in understanding victory. That, Father God, they're expecting a victory in their life, Father God. They're expecting the victory you have for them, Father God, despite what it looks like. Father God, I thank you, Father God, that on tonight, Father God, that you have used me to speak a message, Father God, despite what I wanted, Father God. I stand on your word, Father God. I stand with you, Father God, knowing you, Father God. I thank you, Father God, for this word, Father God, that, Father God, that you use me, Father God, to bring forth a word such as this to enlighten the eyes of your believers, Father God. I thank you in your son Jesus' name, and as we leave this broadcast, as we leave this episode, I pray that your people be blessed, that your people, that your people know and understand their assignment, Father God. I thank you, and I love you, Father God, in your son Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to thank you again for watching. To God be the glory. Go and be safe. And again, let's continue diving into the